Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mind Body Green's Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Green's Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. On this podcast, we explore beauty through the lens of well being. And on today's episode, I am having on Valeria Lipovetsky. She is a multi hyphenate content creator. She is a YouTuber, a wellness expert, a podcaster, a mom, uh, everything. <laughs> so we have a lot of ground to cover today. And uh, without further ado, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you. And you know, I always start off these episodes by allowing the audience to get to know you a little bit better. Um, You know, uh, what was your journey into kind of this like wellness, beauty, content creation space that you're currently in? Um, You know, I, I would just love to hear about your story. Yes, of course. Um, I always love to go back and think about the journey because it's really is my why. But when I um, I was 16, I started modeling and modeling was kind of my first introduction into beauty and fashion. And I was doing that for about a decade. Throughout that decade, uh, at the age of 21, I got married and I started, ha- I had my first uh, at 22 and then my second at 23. And at that point, I obviously stepped away from my modeling career. I just couldn't travel as much. My focus wasn't there already. But I uh, started getting just more interested in how I can support my body through the pregnancies and postpartum and also uh, my children and my family overall, how I can support our health and wellness as a family. So that kind of pushed me to go and look into a holistic nutrition program. And um, I didn't really know if this is something I wanted to do, but I've always been a big advocate of like following any interest because you never know where it can take you. So I went and got my uh, certification as a holistic nutritionist and I fell in love with just the amount of information and the amount of different ways we can attend to our bodies and just was presented with information and ways that you know we are not presented on a daily basis from our kind of like overall um well now it's so much different but i mean back then there wasn't a lot of information and we had our kind of like pyramid diet or whatever it is there were the fat diets that were in and out but there was no real um information so i was just um i just love my program i love my certification and i thought that okay this is my next calling i'm not going back to the fashion industry but this could be a beautiful way for me to kind of bring the beauty from the inside out so uh, when i finished my um certification i was like okay i'm going to open an office and i'm going to start seeing clients i literally had maybe two or three clients. And after those clients, I looked at my husband and I'm like, I really hate doing this. <laughs> I, I do not see myself working one-on-one with people. Um, I think that uh, just the climate of it, it was still pretty early on as a holistic nutritionist, you know, with the services, like you really had to kind of sell yourself all the time. Like people didn't really, especially back in Canada, I got certified in Canada. And it's not covered by our, um, it's called OHIP, but like our social uh, health, right? So anything that was out of pocket, 
people were like, well, am I going to lose the 15 pounds if I pay you? I'm just like, I don't know if you'll do the work. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I hope so. So it was always this like really hard sell. And um, I just didn't really love it. It took away that, you know, that spark from me uh, when it came to nutrition. So I, that's when I started looking into, okay, how can I take this information and just put it out there to like a bigger audience? I don't want to charge anybody. This is just, this is information that, I mean, I want it to be out there. I want it to be available. And uh, when I started looking into it, I then decided I'm going to start a blog. And the blog that I started was called The Modern Fox. <laughs> I feel and like so the classic blogs that we all had back in the day. Like, <laughs> we all look back at the names like, oh, huh. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like, yes, it's literally like the, you know, the email address where you look back. Like, I had an email address, crazy chick 666. I'm like, why? <laughs> So that was, uh, that's my throwback. Uh, the modern Fox was definitely a moment for me, but um, I looked at it as an outlet for that information and to also start sharing some of my insights and my expertise in beauty and fashion through the blog. Now, I want to remind you, this is 2018. Blogging was not it anymore. <laughs> Like if I would have jumped on it in 2010, I would have killed it. But 2018, it was already like, uh, you know, so I kind of cut up with, with that, um, with that understanding uh, a few, like maybe six months in. And I also realized that although I loved the blog and I started getting a bit, you know, traction, it was, um, I could edit it like 15 times a day, you know, it wasn't true representation of me like I was especially for me I was so oh I was always so worried about how people are gonna um you know receive my messaging or what would they think about me or how do they you know so with blog I was kind of like hiding behind a computer interesting yeah it was it was really interesting so then I I thought okay how do I take it a step further and really take this opportunity to also work on that, like just personally to get get out of that, you know, what do what they think about me scenario? Because I was already 26 years old. It was already like not cute. You want to break away from that, you know, limiting uh, thoughts and beliefs. So that's when I discovered YouTube. And um, I thought that YouTube was literally just for music videos and for cat videos and nothing else. And mind you, again, 2018, right? I'm 26 years old thinking that YouTube is just for music videos. So I had so much to learn, but that was also very exciting for me because, you know, I had two small kids at home, but I was craving to just find, I not even find, but like a build a new identity for myself because I wasn't a model anymore. I was a model. I was a mom. It was, it was nice, but I needed something else. I feel like a lot of moms go through phases like that where they feel like they need to reclaim a little bit of part of themselves. I feel like that's such a, that's such a narrative that you hear a lot. Um, and I think it's so interesting when people turn to wellness like you did, or, you know, turn to this Avenue. Um, I just think it's fascinating. I'll let you continue, but I just wanted to put a pin in that. Uh, yeah. So for, for me, for me, it was more, it wasn't, it was more like learning the new me, you know, I wasn't trying to find the old me, the old me kind of like, 
I let go of her. She was like a sweet young girl. And I was kind of past that point, but I didn't really know who I was then. So I agree. I think that wellness and just feeling and building that confidence within yourself, once you learn how to just, you know, take a hold of your health and your and your routines and just your overall vitality, I think that kind of gives you that confidence to start looking into other areas of like, who am I asking those questions? And, uh, and that's very much what like, my diploma and just the wellness uh, journey did for me. So I started with YouTube and uh, it was super scary for me because that really put me in front of a camera and it made me be okay with like my accent, you know, my grammar mistakes, whatever it is that I was so uncomfortable and kind of insecure about. I had nowhere to hide. It was just, well, the content is me. Yeah, the content is me. And um, I just have to suck it up and kind of, you know, and see how it goes. And it did an amazing, it did an amazing number on me. And in general, like social media, I know that a lot of people have obviously positive and negative experiences. But for me, it really felt like, a therapy, like a very long therapy session, because I broke so many of my own limiting beliefs. I learned so much about myself through my community and the people that were, you know, not necessarily the nicest, like all of those things actually expose me more to myself. I think that's fascinating. You know, I, I have such a complicated relationship with social media myself. Like I, I don't feel like I'm good at it. I don't know if it like fits my personality. However, I do feel like it is such this amazing means of connection. And exactly like you're saying, like so many people have utilized it in this really powerful way where it does almost feel like therapy or, you know, it is hugely beneficial for their mental health in a variety of ways. Um, so I think it's fascinating that you were able to to find that side of it. And I'm curious, why do you think you were able to find that side of it? Like, do you think it's just an inherent part of your personality? Do you think it's the community that you created? Was it like your outlook on it? I think for me, um, I've always been a pretty introspective person. But I think that when you're also on social media, um, it forces you to, first of all, be more resilient to what's going on around you. You can't control how people understand you or what they hear or what they see. Um, and it kind of is, it's kind of like a mirror to, to, to you. So yes, I had a beautiful community, but, and you know, but it wasn't, the therapy didn't come from me sharing. The therapy came from like me putting things out there, like just, you know, different content and all these different people will comment on it. And I will kind of spot, you know, certain triggers. So I see a comment and it will trigger me. And I'm like, oh, why is it triggering me, right? This is a stranger that is saying something about me and my life. They don't know who I am. Why is it so concerning to me? And I would take that and I would go back with myself and be like, okay, like, let's dissect it. You know, so I think through that process, that's what social media did so much for me because it constantly gave me opportunities to go back with myself and check in and be like, okay, we got to work on this. Like this is, 
I can't be like a leaf in the wind, you know, every little comment and every little negative thing will blow me away. And I think that's the secret with being on social media, you know, just knowing that you really have to have your own like base, a very strong understanding of who you are. And it's something that you'll also build throughout the journey of social media. But that's what it did to me. I also think that it was very good that I started it later in my life, right? I had a very grounding environment around me. I was a, I'm a mother. I have children. I have a husband. I, I didn't let it consume me. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think the way that you approached it is one that is admirable. It's something that like certainly I struggle with. Like anytime I see something on the internet I'm that, like you said, triggering, I'm always like, oh, my immediate reaction is to pull back and be like, done, you know, cutting this off. And, and I, I think how you approach it, where it becomes a moment of self-reflection and like evaluating the feelings, I think is really interesting. Um, I want to ask you, what is your wellness philosophy? Honestly, my wellness philosophy is truly just being so in tune with my body and my mind. Um, again, something I've learned is that especially in today's time and age, there's so many new things and rituals and, you know, routines, and there's just so much of everything. And too much of anything is just bad. So I've realized that I need to kind of always scale back and just be like, okay, does it fit my life? You know, what is wellness for me at the end of the day? What is my goal? I just want to feel, you know, I want to feel positive. I want to be a good example for my children. I want to, um, I want to feel good. It's, I want, it's, it's simplifying all the noise around. Um, that's kind of is my philosophy when it comes to wellness. Okay. And I, I'm asking this because this is a beauty podcast. I know our conversation is primarily around wellness today, but I, I also know that you are something of uh, a beauty fan yourself. So do you have a beauty philosophy? Yes, my beauty philosophy would definitely be less is more. Um, I think that I love celebrating who I am and what I am and my skin and my, you know, I, it's always about celebration rather than changing or, and this is obviously part of the evolution because when I was a teenager, everything, I wanted everything to look different. So I think now I'm at this point in my life and have been, been it for a while now where I just, I love I don't like covering my skin. I don't like to feel like I'm trying to look or be someone else. So um, it's very much, again, back to basics, less is more, and definitely something that needs to be sustainable for my lifestyle. Sure. Um, you know, you, you said something and that sparked um, a follow-up question. You know, you said when you were younger, you wanted to change things. And I can imagine being a young model is quite challenging. And I, you know, you are in this really, really hard environment where, um, you know, you get told a lot of things about yourself. You uh, have to deal with a lot of probably like really toxic culture. Um, you know, I I have a lot of empathy for anybody who has gone through that because I can imagine it's, you know, like I said, challenging. Do you, when you look back and you look at your younger self, you know, what sort of things do, would you like say to her now that you are in this place where you are stable, you are grounded and, you know, you have kids yourself? 
I mean, I think that a lot of the times, you know, there's a, a lot of models that when they talk about the fashion industry, they talk about all these direct things that they were hearing from agencies or from, you know, different people from the industry that you need to change or need to lose weight. I feel like for me, what was more of, you know, a big thing was that whenever I was on set and people would talk among each other, I would right away think that they're talking, it's about me. And it's something that I'm doing wrong and I don't fit and I don't, and I would let these like small thoughts spiral and become this huge thing. And I just couldn't control it. So, you know, now looking back, I'm like, did they even talk about me? Like how many of these shoots on sets that I completely made, you know, made up this whole drama and this whole thing that fed my insecurities. So the number one thing I would tell her is that no one's thinking about you. First of all, like, you know, it's just like a really hard truth to be like, you are not, you were there to, you know, be kind of a, uh, the model. There's, it's nothing personal. You are not, the world did not revolve around you. Like that's number one. Um, number two was, uh, was just kind of, I wish I was, I had more of like a detachment from what I did, you know, like professionally. I think back then, um, again, you know, and if I started social media back then, it would be the same thing, right? I would completely let it consume me and my world would revolve around it. And that's what happened to me with modeling. My world revolved around it. So if I could have uh, given other advice, I would just be like, go and find other things that excites you. Go and explore other interests. Go and just, you know, find yourself in other areas and let that be what it is, which is you know, a way for you to pay your bills and live your life. And that's it. Yeah. I think that's valid advice for anybody. I mean, you know, even as somebody who is passionate about their work, I think it's hugely important that I like force myself to like have hobbies and interests outside of beauty and what I do every day, because, you know, at the, at the end of the day, this is a job and this is it going to sustain me forever. You know, you, you, you have to open yourself up. Um, I think that speaks to so much of, you know, what, what I mentioned earlier is you're kind of this multi-hyphenate, right? You do a lot. You have a lot of interests. You, you touch a lot of platforms. You, um, you're in various worlds, right? Um, one of those is being a mom. Um, and I can imagine having these various ventures and also being a mom is hard to balance. Um, and you're very open about how being a mom influences your life. Um, so I'm curious, you know, what are some of the challenges that you find with sticking with, you know, the various other projects that you have, and then also, you know, being, being that caregiver, being that mom? Mm-hmm. First, I want to mention, because I just had a aha moment, because I don't think I've ever thought about it before. But when you mentioned how, you know, now I'm doing all these different things, I'm just sitting here being like, is this my trauma response to how focused I was on just one thing as a teenager that now I'm just like, that's it. I'm everywhere. I do all the things, um, which is probably exactly it. Uh, like I felt so. I mean, there's probably something there to dig into. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my God. There's always right. Just like, just give me the time I'm, I'm going in. Uh, yeah, so I, uh, I think with motherhood, the word balance, I think that we've all uh, 
all mothers will agree that it's just a very, it's a very dynamic word. It's not something that looks one way. Um, it constantly changes. And I think that the secret to it all is just truly being very self-aware and very in tuned with your environment. And I think that's, that's just something that us women need to do in order to like find our balance even if you don't have children even if you're not married you know just knowing when it's time to push and when it's time to pull uh, in a world where celebrates pushing all the time um, I think that it's just very important to like have those things and I think that self-awareness and um, you know understanding of what's going on around me really helped me helps me to navigate motherhood and my own kind of self-discovery journey. So, you know, some weeks I'm more focused on work and um, I communicate a lot with my kids, especially now they're older, they're 10, eight and four. And I always tell them, I'm like, listen, we work, like mom and dad work a lot. And, you know, it's our, we're trying to build something very special. And if you ever feel that you are, that you need more of us, you need to come and just ask, you know, and we make sure that um, my husband and I, we, we create obviously those times where it's like very family oriented, but again, every week changes. So it's based on kind of my intuition and just feeling it out. You know, there's weeks where I'm like, oh, the kids are good. They don't need as much of me. So I'm going to give 30% here and then lean into my work. Right. And then other weeks I'm like, Hey, my work has to you know, kind of take a backseat this week and I'm leaning all into the family. So it's this constant, you know, moving, uh, moving ship. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah. And that kind of really helps me to just navigate and, and try to do all the things that I want to do. Another aspect that I think is extremely important is just having the right support around you. Um, I thought, you know, before I just, I was a big believer of like, do it yourself. And there've been so many times that I got burnt out and the comeback is so much harder. And, uh, I think it took like my husband to literally sit me down and just be like, there's no novelty in saying that you do it all yourself. There's no novelty. You're just like you're just running yourself, you know, down to the ground and it just should not be the case. And um, for me, I was like, okay, I need to stop and I need to reevaluate. And now I just feel like I have a much better support at home and at work that just helps this machine going. For sure. I know there, you know, there is no award ceremony for people who do it all, all on their own or whatever, or who don't ask for help. You know, it's, you're never going to be rewarded for it. You're only going to get more work. <laughs> Where's the medal? Where's the crown? What's going on? He's like, you're not getting a medal. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, a follow-up question to all of this is, you know, I, I know that being a mom obviously um, can make balancing it all challenging. But I also think that like having a family and being a mom probably inspires your wellness routine in a lot of ways. And um, I'm curious about what are, what are the ways in which your kids and being a mom and having that as part of your identity, how does that shape your wellness journey? And how does that shape your attitude towards wellness? I think that my kids and 
my kids just completely changed the way I view the world and the way I operate in the world, the way I approach myself. Uh, today, the way I approach wellness is just in a much more simplified, efficient way. At the end of the day, I always remember, first of all, which keeps me very accountable, that they watch everything that I do. So if I, you know, talk the talk, I got to walk the walk. And I always make sure that I say less and do more so they see it and they can then model that behavior because kids model what they see. That's it. Uh, that's definitely something I've learned throughout the years. Um, also, again, it's just it, they very much because of that efficiency of that, you know, limited amount of resources and the mental capacity that we have as mothers, we really need to find ways to create a simple routine, one that we can stick to, you know, not get carried into all these different fads and all these different things that might just be a lot of noise or like marketing, you know, techniques. So I love how just how simple and efficient my approach is to wellness. You know, I, at the end of the day, ask the question, like, can I do it and can it fit into my day-to-day -day life? And if it doesn't, then how can I simplify it and make it fit? Yeah. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And um, I I'm curious how that will inform the next question because I want to talk about nutrition. Obviously, you know, you are certified um, in holistic nutrition and, you know, that has informed a lot of your journey. Um, and I am always interested in hearing about nutrition because I know that nutrition plays a huge role in how we show up in the world, in our skin, in our hair. You know, it's, I consider it a core part of my own beauty routine. Um, so, you know, how do you approach nutrition? What are your pillars of nutrition? Um, I think for me, something that I, I mean, something that I always follow is a very simple rule of, you know, I have, and this is very visual and I teach my kids the same thing. You have a plate, half of it should be vegetables. And then you should have your protein. You should help kind of your complex carbs. The end, it doesn't have to be so complicated. Um, I always try to also showcase that portion sizes are so this they're so large here. Like, I mean, we moved from Canada to the US, but in general, in the West, it's so large um, that I also trying to give them like an understanding of what, like what's enough, you know, watch, like, I don't want them to feel this need or, you know, kind of create this habit of just overeating. So um, just even those simple things, keeps keep me feeling good. It doesn't have to be that complicated. Uh, something that I started doing a little bit more is actually tuning into my, uh, my cycle. And that's something that I started looking into when I, you know, when I started getting more serious about like my fitness journey and like my routine. Um, so that also helps me with navigating, okay, what kind of food groups am I focusing more on, uh, for different parts of the month. And, uh, but again, it's very kind of fluid, you know, I'm not very strict. At the end of the day, if I'm getting my greens and I'm, I'm having my protein, I'm pretty good. Yeah, I, I'm so curious about, you know, eating for your cycle. Do you have an example of what that might look like? You know, is there um, a time where, you know, you are eating more protein or you know, whatever it is? I'm just, I, this stuff fascinates me. 
I know cycle syncing is amazing. And again, you have to be, you have to be in tune with your body because this is, a f- this is not necessarily like one size fits all. This is kind of like guidelines, but it's you who needs to kind of see, okay, is it working for me? Is it not working? There's sometimes during my cycle where, you know, I'm supposed to be resting, but I actually have this surge of energy and I'm like, okay, amazing. It's, I can push a bit further. Um, so I actually, uh, I have kind of a list on my phone that I go back to cause I never remember the amount of information I need to. So, um, a great example. I'm going to give you an example of what I do right now. Let's say I'm in my luteal phase. I'm towards the end of my luteal phase, which is before my menstrual cycle begins. Um, I'm, yes. And, uh, for food, um, it's really more about emphasizing like foods that are rich in B vitamins. So that will help me to stay away from like the sugary, right? Because this is usually that time where it's like, oh, my period is coming and you eat all the junk. So just making sure that, you know, I have my leafy greens and I have um, other sources of B vitamins is just a great way for me to avoid binging with the sweets. Um, And that's just like small little you know, things that I think about for my exercise. It's usually when I'm starting to scale back when I'm getting closer to my um, menstruation. So that really helped me with kind of organizing my life and just not feeling bad about like not feeling a certain way, you know, how we sometimes like you go for a workout or you eat really badly and you're just like, oh, I can, you know, you take it on yourself. Like it's your fault, but there's actually a whole body function that is happening, right? Yeah. No, and that's something that I have been trying to give myself more grace on recently. Like, for example, last week I I went to a hot yoga class and I just honestly I just like sucked at it. I just for some reason my body just like was not in it. I feel like I couldn't do anything. And I was getting so frustrated at myself because I was like, this should be easier for you. Like at what point like, why are you struggling here? Why are you still struggling? Like, you know, you keep a consistent fitness routine. Like this should just be something that you do and you go to and it's fine. And so I think like I have been working really hard on listening to that aspect, like listening to my energy levels and honoring my energy levels, because it's like at the end of the day, like we can't be on 24 seven and we can't be on every day and it's okay to just be like okay my body isn't feeling it i'm not going to push myself as hard but what i will say is like when you make that switch it's and i'm sure you relate to this as well um you know allowing yourself grace it that takes its own sort of discipline right because as somebody who is perhaps high achieving or has you know big lofty goals um it can be hard to allow yourself to take a break and to give, you know? So like, how do you approach that? Is that something that you still struggle with? It's funny because I feel like I shared earlier this year how I'm like working on moving away from being type A personality to being a type B personality. And it's something that I'm actively, I've recognized that, hey, this is what, being type A personality is wonderful when you're in a building mode and obviously aspects of it are always going to be part of me. But for me to get to this to this new version of myself that I'm trying to get to, I got to step back, 
you know, and I got to do the work to let go of certain traits that just don't serve me anymore. Um, so it's a very active kind of journey and I'm still working on it. So I don't have necessarily an answer for you, but the answer is I've recognized what needs to be adjusted. And I just, you know, try to be aware and catch myself being like, no, remember, we don't do this anymore. We do this now. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I think there's something happening in the culture too, where like all of us type A, high achieving sort of folks have all of a sudden realized, okay, it's time. It's time that we like loosen things up a bit. Um, (laughs) I feel like a lot of women I talk to are feeling it. Yeah. You know what? I find that it's more, and I don't know. I mean, I haven't asked too many men, but I feel like it's more with women that I see that shift happening. Um, where I just, I want to lean into the more like receiving and pleasure, pleasurable kind of aspect in my life. You know, I, I don't necessarily want to continue running into like the ground with all these, with all this ambition and all this, because at the end of the day, at the end of my life, that's not what I will be remembering. That's not what's going to add to the overall, you know, um, feel good and of my life. So I think that a lot of that is happening. Uh, so I'm, I'm part of that, like herd that's just like, Hey, let's stop for a second. What's serving us? What's not, let's, you know, vocabulate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you, you and your podcast, not alone. Um, you know, you have these really deep conversations. Um, and you know, I, I, that whole message of not alone, I think, is something that is so important for people to hear in general, just because it's so easy to get in your own silo and, you know, and think that, you know, I'm the only person who's suffering through this. I'm the only person who feels this way. I, you know, I'm the only person who can't get X, Y, Z done, which is certainly never true. You know, the second that you reach out to somebody, you realize, okay, this is like a shared experience. Um, And I, you know, I'm curious when you started this podcast, uh, one, like what sparked it? What was the idea? Like what was the founding principle there? And then, you know, two, like what keeps on inspiring you as you continue to have these conversations? Um, because I think it's just such a wonderful message. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So not alone was very much was born out of the need to just have deeper conversation about a specific topic and the way I do it right now and it might change because you know I'm always reiterating but the way I do it right now is that each episode speaks about like one specific topic and I really try to understand that topic and let's say we had one episode about female friendships I haven't ever had like a conversation about female friendship because it's just like yeah you have friends and you know some friends are closer other close. but i think that now the way i look at female friendships especially as i'm getting older i understand how vital they are to my health and my um like there's it, there's literally science behind it like we need that these kind of relationships in our lives uh so i think that uh you know having these kind of conversations and create having a platform where we can dive into it deeper than just a photo and like a caption is something I started really craving. And it's part of my um, evolution as a content creator. Um, And um, I know that when I started social media, a lot of my community and still on a daily basis, whenever I share things, I 
never feel like I'm alone because I have all these other people that communicate with me that like, hey, I'm going through this. Hey, this is something I've done. Maybe it might help you. Maybe it's not like, hey, let's learn more about it. And that's so special. So um, I was very eager and excited to get it going. And I'm very proud of it. Um, and um, so much more to come. Yeah. What are some of the most interesting insights or learnings that you have found through these conversations? Because, you know, I'm sure that they have just been, it has, you know, improved your growth probably pretty tremendously. So I had such different kind of conversation. I mean, today we just released um, an episode about uh, the art of endings, just like learning how to deal with grief and loss. And I personally um, haven't necessarily had an experience of tremendous loss, but I spoke to a friend of mine, Whitney Port, who you know, she lost her father, she had a few, a couple of miscarriages. And it was so interesting to just have like a very open conversation of just like, what did people say to you that you thought was just so not beneficial? You know, what did you wish people told you? How did you physically feel uh, like a year after, right? Like, because we all have, we never really have an opportunity to ask these questions, right? Because we always like, okay, we lose someone, it's, it's just we're sad. But then in a way, we kind of expect them, okay, well, this is done now. So you got to kind of move on. So just hearing from a person like Whitney, that was so grace, gracefully like open about sharing this. Um, and then I also had a conversation simultaneously with a trauma psychotherapist that was just talking about the triangle of, you know, of all these emotions. Um, and it was just really interesting to see how even if you, if it's loss, like something big, or if it's loss of something small, it can be like a loss of, you know, I was sharing with her how I have weeks where I'm a little, like I grieve sometimes about like a part of me that I see is kind of dying, you know, an aspect of me that doesn't, is not there anymore. And there's, there's, we kind of experiences these like small little losses every day, but we never sit down and kind of look at them that way. We never sit down and like process them in a way that is, that lets them, you know, do the full, um, kind of go through fully. So that, that episode was amazing. I had also another episode about sexuality and sensuality, Right. I grew up, you know, understanding sexuality in like one very specific way. But as I'm getting older as a woman, I feel like I'm craving more of that sensory uh, experience and um, just diving more into the, these kind of topics taught me a lot and also helped me to hyper focus on a question or a feeling and like be able to identify it because at the end of the day that's where all these conversations are for right like you hear something someone says something and you're like oh my god that can just change the course of like you know the way you think and the way you operate and um and yeah so i, I i'm not necessarily answering your questions because i have a whole notebook with all these you know with all these things but that's just kind of how i go about it with these conversations no, I think, um, one, those are all incredible insights. And two, you mentioned about like grieving the loss of certain parts of yourself. I, I think that is one, so relatable. Um, two, I feel like that's something that a lot of us experience, especially during the pandemic, you know, and like kind of the aftermath of the pandemic, because, you know, I, 
obviously there was so much to be grieving about in in a broader sense, but I think a lot of people were grieving about, you know, versions of themselves that existed before in the before times. Um, and certainly that's something that I went through, you know, I ended my twenties and turned 30 in the pandemic. And I remember I just like went through this thing where I was like, wow, that's a big shift. Yeah. And I went through this like kind of like grieving period, you know, where I didn't really know how to identify it. And I didn't really know how to vocalize it or even, you know, understand what was happening. But it very much, you know, looking back, it very much was a moment where I was grieving this, this girl in her, you know, woman in her 20s. And that version of me that never that like will never exist again. And, um, and, you know, doing so in isolation. And it's, I think it's something that is, we all go through at various points in our lives. And it's really hard to talk about because one, it's hard to admit that like, a part of you or a part of your life is done. And two, it, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it's worthy of grief because it's not a tangible loss, you know? Right. It's hard to like articulate also the exact feeling, right? It's, it's hard to navigate that. Have you looked into or heard about the concept of like Saturn return? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm big in astrology. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my, I feel like it was a like clockwork for me at 27. I was like, Oh my God, what is happening? And it was this three years of just I have to, I have to like let go. I have to learn new ways of being. I have to, you know, there's just, there was so much change and shift. And um, I mean, I'm, I'm so grateful and happy that my 20s were what they were. And I'm so happy that they're done. Because uh, 30s is freaking amazing. I don't know if you've, uh, if you're, if you're there yet in terms of like, how you feel about it, right? It's amazing. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but to your point, we definitely, it's definitely like a harder and it's this, that's what exactly what I'm talking about. I wanted to create, um, you know, a room to have these conversations about these small things, not the big things, the big things everyone's talking about. And it's always beneficial to hear and learn more about, but the small, tiny things, they're just like, why, how, you know, how do I even process them? That's kind of where... Uh, that not alone is, you know, really was born of. Yeah. Well, I mean, all of this has been so fascinating. The last thing that I talk about on, on this podcast is how you take care of yourself. Um, you know, this is a beauty podcast, so I'm dying to know some of your beauty routines and recommendations. Uh, so, you know, let's start with skincare. Do you have a skincare routine? Uh, yes, I have a skincare routine. Um, I don't necessarily stick to specific products, but I have, um, you know, in the morning, I wake up, I wash my face, and I will usually apply my vitamin C, um, eye cream, and then moisturizer SPF. At night, I love oil cleansing. It's just been part of my life for a very long time. Um, I cleansed and then I'll do my retinol because I'm at that age now and it's wonderful. Um, and then I usually do my LED mask. It's like a new gadget for me. So it's been working. Um, and, uh, and that's it. I usually do like a thicker cream at night. Okay. Um, do you have any like makeup favorites? What's your go-to makeup look? It's always pretty clean. I actually also kind of started skipping on mascara I would say in the past like year um mascara is like for a 
a big night out, you know, I don't. Uh, uh, so uh, yeah, but for me, I, I love like any of the products that are multi-purpose. I love like multifunctional, uh, cheap and uh, cheek and lip, like is always a go-to. Um, and at the end of the day, like it's all about the skin, right? So when you take care of your skin and you are supplied with everything it needs, you don't really need much. So that's kind of my pretty simple. Yeah. Um, what is your, what are some of your core wellness staples? And, um, you know, we always say everything is skincare here. And so, you know, how much you sleep is skincare, what you eat is skincare, it's all skincare. So, um, you know, what are some staples in your wellness routine? A big staple that I can never get enough of is solitude. <laughs> that I feel like keeps my soul, my skin, my hair, everything looking good, feeling good. Um, I am a very much of an introvert, so I recharged by myself. So to me, I always feel better after I have like my time. Uh, sleep is obviously also important, but... Um, it's a give and take for me right now. I still have, you know, there's always someone sick in the house. There's always something happening. And um, just lots of water. That's really it. Like I told you, like I'm, I'm, I'm keeping it pretty basic. Um, for me, it's kind of like, you know, when everything is simple and easy to follow, I can be on autopilot with this. And it doesn't require me to feel drained by my wellness routine or by health or things like that. So that's what just kind of keeps me going. So as long as I can remember to drink enough water for the day, I'm like, okay, great. I did it. <laughs> uh, well, I loved this conversation. I feel like we went down some avenues that I wasn't quite expecting, but I, I loved all of it. So thank you so much for joining me today and, you know, sharing your journey and sharing your insights. This was so fun. Thank you so much. You asked great questions. I was really happy to be here. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. For more beauty content from the team at MindBuddyGreen, you can always read along with our content at mindbuddygreen.com, follow us on social media, and of course, tune into next week's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. And if you ever want to reach out with questions or insights or thoughts, you can find me on Instagram at Alex underscore Blair underscore. Thanks so much for your time.